This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. It is open for business. It is the last Monday of the month and uh, Sheila Singham of Human Equation comes back to the studio to discuss client case studies from her coaching experience and all about how to take charge of the mind in the workplace. Sheila, welcome back. And uh, today, you know, taking charge of your results, that's an interesting topic. Tell me a little bit more before we go into the, like, the case studies. Sure. It's based on the uh, neuro-linguistic programming presupposition that says you are in charge of your mind and therefore your results. Mm -hmm. So very often when we look at our results, we just choose to blame everybody else. You know, the bosses, your parents. The easier way out. Take the easier (laughs) way out. Uh, Instead of just looking at what we are doing, what are we creating through our thoughts, right? Because um, what you think impacts the results you get in your life. Mm-hmm. Right? If you think positive and th- empowering thoughts, and if you set goals and plan the steps that you will help that will help you get them, you tend to get better results in your life. But if you dwell on negative thoughts, focused on your sad past, feel sorry for yourself, you know, just keep on saying, you know, I had difficult childhood, I never had all the opportunities <laughs> I need, and all that, then you're not going to get very far in life, huh? because you're just, you know, you're just being held back by all these negative things in the past. Mm. So thoughts are the seeds that create our reality, and a lot of people don't realize this, right? And it's really hard to get positive results in your life when you're focused on negative thoughts. Now, lots of people have written books about this law of attraction, the secret and all that. Yeah. But that's, a, I mean, you. everyone think, oh, that's also new age. But it's a fact. <laughs> what you focus on is what you attract, yeah. right? So many people fail to realize this. They just stumble through life in this cloud of regret and pessimism, blaming everybody else for the things that happened or didn't happen. And then um, at work, they blame superiors, their colleagues, the company policy, HR, you know, for their inability <laughs> to perform or get promoted or grow in their careers in their personal lives they blame parents siblings relatives friends and all the opportunities they missed for their inability to have healthy relationships or their lack of prosperity so blaming others is always easier than sitting down taking stock of yourself looking inside of yourself and seeing the things that you need to change you know and uh, you know a lot very few people do that sit down and take stock of their thought processes and make that effort to reorient the mindset to project positive thoughts to get the desired results they want in life. Mm. So I always tell people when they come to me and they talk about you know some things that it's not so good. I always say it's like the, the coin has two sides. So yeah. you know if you're choosing to look on the negative side, then you're only going to see everything in a negative light. So maybe there's some positives that you've got to maybe talk about the positives instead, and hopefully that that changes. And you know I try to do it myself. You know everyone goes through a tough time in their life but Absolutely. you gotta dig deep and you gotta find that positive light right so today we have six case studies on how you can do this and how we can take charge of our minds to generate better results in our lives so let's start with the first case study uh, i've heard about the power of positive thinking but it's easier said than done isn't it right everyone says that when i'm continuously surrounded by negative people in my life how can i continue to be positive so let's share some techniques here in the first place, I think that it's your mind, no? So you have control over it. <laughs> so how do you let somebody else get inside your mind? They can't, right? They can't just get in. It's not like getting into someone's personal computer and changing stuff. You can't, right? Yeah. So <laughs> if you're surrounded by negative people, you just have to ask yourself two questions. One, 
what thoughts am I projecting that attracts these negative people into my life? So in neuro, in a, again in NLP, we have a presupposition that says perception is projection. So what you hold inside your mind is what you're projecting out there. Okay, so what thoughts do you hold in your mind that sends out the message that attracts these negative people to you? All right. Like, like attracts like. Mm. Uh, opposites attract is, is, is another context. <laughs> huh? as well as you attract people who are like you. Yeah. So you go around and look at a bunch of negative people, you always find the people around them are negative. But if you look at positive people, they always surround by themselves with positive yeah. people. Yeah. So what thoughts do you hold about yourself? What limiting beliefs do you have about yourself in life? If you yourself are positive, you will repel negative. Negative people don't want to be around you. I, I know this because whenever negative people come around and I'm, I'm always like, you know, kind of reframing and finding a positive like what you say, lah, you know, instead of looking at the glass as half empty, look at it as as half full. They don't want to be yeah, around. They stay away. Yeah. Uh, because they just want to whinge and wallow in it. And I don't let them, you see. Okay. So the next thing you need to ask is what? Do I need to learn from these negative people? Now, I always believe that we attract into our lives people and circumstances required to teach us certain things. So if you're going through difficulties in life, you know, surrounded by certain type of people, you've got to ask yourself, what am I supposed to learn from this? Am I supposed to learn patience? Am I supposed to learn fortitude? Am I supposed to learn compassion? You know, look around it. Because sometimes you look around you and find, hey, or even in relationships, I'm going out with the same type of person over and over again. Maybe because you haven't learned what you need to learn mm. about yourself, right? So the first thing we need to be aware of is the negative and positive language that people use. Because language... That, that's the basis of neuro-linguistic programming. Neuro is the mind, linguistic is the language. So the language we use actually programs our thought processes, you know. So it, 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 it forms the programs that on which we run, you know, we operate. Okay, so, so we need to ask ourselves one technique. You ask me for techniques. How can we be different, all right? So one thing you need to do is, if you're surrounded by a lot of negative people, write down your achievements and look at them daily, what are the things that you have done that you have achieved in life? And look at them daily because really no one's going to come and tell you all the positive things you've done all the time. Once in a while, you might get a pat on the back. So who, who's got to be your greatest advocate and your greatest cheerleader? You, right? You're not going to have a lot of people lining, especially in kind of like our culture. It's always from young, you know, when, when people compliment uh, other people's children and all, they'll just turn around and say, hey, don't say good things because his head will grow big, he won't study some more. And I'm like always, so we, we've never come up, you know, to uh, grown up learning how to accept compliments. And a lot of times, even when people compl compliment us, we just sort of brush it as, oh no, it was nothing. But it wasn't nothing. Then you negate the compliment. So the second technique is to state positive affirmations about yourself on a daily basis. Now, when I tell people, stand in the mirror in the morning and say, all the good things you like about yourself. Mm. Because if you don't like yourself and you don't love yourself, how are you going to be positive about yourself? And more so, how are you going to be positive with other people, right? How are you going to look, and when, when people say negative things, how are you going to be able to brush it aside and say, you know what, you can say what you want because I know myself, right? And the third thing, the, and this is a technique I teach in all my trainings, all. It's a, and it, it, it comes, on from, comes off from that whole concept of operating at cause. That means taking charge of your life instead of effect, which just, which just means being at effect of all the things that happen around you and reacting. Yeah. So one technique I teach people on how to operate at cause and be positive is reframing. Reframe all the negative things that happen to you and ask yourself, 
What's the positive learning I can take from this? And then reframing, when people come to you and throw negative stuff, reframing. If someone comes to you and say, hey, you know what, I can't stand that guy. Why is he so loud and noisy? Reframe it and say, you know, isn't it great that we have someone so energetic and outspoken to liven things up around here? So it just puts a different positive slant on what they're saying about someone else. I do that all the time. And I tell you, a lot of people hate me, I think. (laughs) But you're just throwing away the negative energy. I don't want to take on that negative energy. And I'm teaching people not to take on that negative energy because reframing really makes negative people fed up of venting on you. And because, you know, you're just going to come up with a positive way to look at life and darkness hates the light, you know. So uh, they'll (laughs) either keep away from you and that, you know, the question is how do I not get affected by these negative people? It's just reframe, reframe, reframe. All right. Now we'll take a short break. Uh, When we come back, there are a lot more case studies. I think there are five more in total. So stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Behold Freedom, Malaysia, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. And we're back. It is uh, the uh, 10.16 a.m. on the 29th of April. It is the last Monday of the month and Sheila Singham of Human Equation is in the studio with me and we're talking about taking charge of your mind and we're going through some case studies and uh, early on we did one case study. Let's move on to the second case study. Uh, You know, I consider myself to be a positive sort of person but I have teammates at work who like to moan and groan about the company, the bosses, the clients, life in general, the structure, the system and all that and it's annoying to have to put up with their gripping so how do i deal with them so case study number two stop putting up with their gripping la. <laughs> I mean, stop. don't lie on them that's all okay i always call out people who moan and groan about the company and say you're biting the hand that feeds you yeah you know you you're getting your 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 income your livelihood from this company to feed your lifestyle pay for your house and educate your children and all that and if you don't like it then just go somewhere else mm. you know you attract what you put out Okay, if things are wrong about the company, go and talk to the right parties. Now, I'm doing a lot of programs on how to give feedback in the corporate setting. Learn to go to the right people and give them the feedback. Also teaching people how to receive the feedback. Because if you can't receive the feedback, if you're not open to it, then it's hard for people to come and give you feedback. So give feedback in a rational and objective manner. And when you go, don't, I don't want to use the word complain. Give the feedback about what needs to be improved and give suggestions. Don't just say, oh, you know what? We need to do something about this. <laughs> give them ideas, at least two or three ideas that these are some ideas that, you know, I think we could implement. Okay? So this is the thing. When people come to you and gripe about what's happening in the company, just ask them one question. What are you going to do about it? What solutions do you propose? How can you improve things? If they don't have these answers, then don't entertain their negativity. Yeah. Find other positive people in the company to hang out with you know, after hours or at lunchtime? Mm. It's, it's, it goes down again to very simple in the fact that just stop blaming on other people. Yeah. Just you got to ask yourself the question and, you know, take go responsibility and, yeah, and of go, it, right? Even if it's not kind of your domain, just mm. just go and say, I'm just giving some feedback, here's some suggestions, I could help you out with it if you want. Yeah. Uh. Don't go around moaning behind uh. the back and not giving a feedback to the, you know, the people who are in charge anyways. Cause Abs- absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Right. Now, case study number three. Uh, I come from a family that is very critical and negative everything I say or do is fodder for criticism even when I share news about my achievements they negate it by spouting adages like pride comes before a fall or abdomish me to be humble it's very demoralizing being around them so how do I handle them case study number three well if they're not you know 
they're not taking your achievements seriously and, you know, admonishing you and all that. Stop talking about your achievements to them. Why do you continue to do so? Mm. Here's a question I have for you. Do you have a deep need for affirmation from your family? Where's that coming from? Are you trying to compensate from not getting enough of love, support, whatever? This is something you need to ask and you need to deal with. So the next thing is stop sharing successes, your successes with them and go and find supportive, positive, supportive people who will you can share it with, who will build you up or, you know, say, yeah, go for it. Good for you, man. Keep on trying, you know, and not hold you back. I mean, as long as you're not boastful, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. just do it in a very, hey, what do you think? You know, I did this. I'm so proud of myself, but, mm. you know, just a bit nervous, you know, be humble about it. All right. And then, uh, of course, um, you also need to project positivity into what you are delivering to other people. You may come from a negative family, but are you going to be defined by that? Or are you going to create your own uh, reality, your own persona, your own um, you know, personality that shines out there? Now, I can tell you, you know, I, I come generally from a family which is not highly positive. The first time I wanted to quit uh, working from government service and then go out on my own or even paid employment and go out on my own, everyone went like, are you sure? Mm. You know, the market's down. Can you survive? You know, what if you don't have a job and all that? I'm like, if I don't have a job, then I'm like, go sell nasi lemak or something like that. And you can always find a way to make a yeah. living. It's just what kind of living do you want to have, you know? So... The third thing you need to do is educate your family about how to communicate. Mm. We, if people are keep doing certain things to us, one time they do it, you can say, mm, okay, la, I know they are at fault. If they're doing it 10 times the same thing, then you're at fault because you are allowing people to trespass your boundaries and do and say what they want to. So you got to tell people, yeah, hold it right there. Yeah. If you don't have anything positive to say, then don't say anything. Don't say anything. Mm. All right. Uh, let's move on to case study number four. Uh, let's say I have a colleague who's a wonderful person. He or she is smart and capable and he or she has many limiting beliefs and he or she is a victim of a, a, a victim mentality. Uh, he or she feels that the parents never gave them the opportunity to have an overseas education and therefore at a disadvantage in terms of employability and has had many relationships but has not been able to sustain them for a long uh, length of time and has further eroded their self-esteem. I want to help this person to move forward in the career. How can I do that? Okay. You are what you say you are. You can only achieve if you believe. This person has a lot of limiting beliefs. First thing I would ask this colleague is to write down all the limiting beliefs they have mm. No sentences like I can't do this, I'm not good enough for that and all that indicates a limiting belief. If you find yourself using that kind of language, write it down because you need to flush out those limiting beliefs. Limiting beliefs are very deep-rooted and they will hold you back. If you do not believe in that you can do something you can't, you will never be able to achieve it, right? So once people are aware of the beliefs that hold them back, they can you know, face them, get eliminate them and Replace them with empowering beliefs. We have a, th a process to do this in timeline therapy. There's a technique where you can actually go and get rid of a limiting belief and replace it with an empowering belief. And it's very, very powerful. So this person needs to have those removed so that she can move on. And the next thing is to 
ask her to to if she's re- willing to make the changes inside of herself in her thought processes. So one of the things is uh, I will give this person like you know an assignment. You know, I whenever I coach people, I give them assignments. Okay, go and look into all the people who are not highly qualified, didn't have an overseas education. Okay, a great Malaysians, but managed to make it to the top of the corporate ladder through grit and determination and hard work. Yeah. So look, ask her to learn from these people. What are the strategies that help them to succeed? Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's not the end of the road if you you know had a, a difficult start because you can focus on the journey ahead and yeah. not dwelling on the past that you had, which kind of leads to our case study number five. Uh, let's say I come from a place in my life where I've gotten rid of a lot of baggages and become more positive. And now I find myself getting impatient with people who dwell on their past and tell me the same old stories about it without doing anything to get over it. And I find them tiring and would like to distance myself from them, but my sense of loyalty stops me just because I have changed change should i take it out on those who haven't so what should i do this is an example by the way and i'm not saying that i'm this person just yeah. to make sure but it's an example it's a very good example because we've heard from you know different types of people it's family or friends who have this kind of issue so where, what can we do when one person has moved and changed to be a positive person left the baggage but they you know they hear the same old stories from their friends or family loyalty is a great thing but sometimes it can be misplaced You know, if many of us who step on the path of personal enlightenment and awareness quickly outgrow the people who do not keep pace with us. I mean, I'm sure you've, you've noticed that's one reason sometimes I don't like to go for all like school reunions and all that. <laughs> so I've gone on a different path. Then I go there and then, you know, we're just, today y'all are talking about small talk, right? Yeah. And they're just doing small talk, mindless yeah. stuff. And I'm like, you know... <laughs> uh, And then they, they, they kind of remember you like you were in school before you had matured. And I'm like, don't have time for this, you know. So if people, if you outpace people and and kind of need to leave them behind, is this loyal disloyalty? I don't mm. think so. I think it's common sense. Because this actually goes back to our values. Values change over time. So if your value system has changed and deepened and gone to a different level, you know, a higher kind of logical level. And then your priorities also will change. And the people you want to hang around with also will change. I think you find that uh, over time. And then after a while, all those old people, they... They're just not relevant anymore. <laughs> They're just going on with the same old, same old stuff, you know, griping about life and talking rubbish. And you're like, you know, I can't do this anymore. Reminiscing about the past a bit too much. Ah, <laughs> so if you can't do that and you feel that you don't belong yeah, to that group anymore, what's the point of hanging on? Yeah. Right? It is, you, you, you just left, left, uh, left with your inner your, uh, conflict because you are not aligning. People are not aligned with your values. And, and that's really not a good thing. So... You don't need to dumb them overnight and go and have a conversation and say, you know what, my values are far higher than yours. You're not relevant to me. You don't suit me anymore yeah, and I got yeah. nothing. You don't have to do that. Yeah. You can just slowly be there for them if they need you. I mean, compassion and kindness is something that you need to have. Yeah. But you just find yourself, you know, go and look for the people that are aligned with your value system, who can speak the same language that you're speaking at this point in your life. So when your inner man is no longer comfortable with the people you hang out with, you shouldn't deny that. 
still care for them, be be there for them, but you don't have to hang out with them all the time and then have this. It's just such a waste of time. Mm. I'm a 180 degrees different individual when I was back in high school. You know, mm. high school is a completely different individual and I actually have not been to any high school reunions or just school reunions because <laughs> I'm just such a complete different individual that my friends from high school have no idea who I am today because I'm just the opposite, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Same with relatives as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, now let's move on to our last case study. Let's say I am the human resource manager of a Malaysian company and I've been entrusted with the task of building a feedback culture in my company. The senior management feels that their subordinates do not give enough feedback to them. The subordinates feel that it is pointless giving feedback because senior management doesn't act on the feedback they give. So both parties are waiting on the other side to start the feedback culture. So where and how can I even get started? Okay. First of all, you need to talk to people, mm-hmm. have the focus groups or whatever, talk to people and find out from them what, how they want to see a feedback culture emerge. What do they want to see? What you know, needs structure needs to be put in place so that people feel safe and comfortable giving feedback. But in a company, when there's any change that's initiated, it should always come from the top down. So, you know, we need to start topic, talking to the senior management about how to receive feedback. And when I talk about receiving feedback, it's not just about listening. or It's how you look when people give you feedback. It's the tonality with which you receive the feedback. You know, it's, it's, are you defensive or you say, okay, fine, let's look at that. And then again, when you receive the feedback and if there are suggestions, are you going to implement those suggestions or just ignore them and merrily go on and do your own mm-hmm. thing anyway? Then mm-hmm. people will say, what for? Why do I give feedback? So you've got to start with the top. So you need to give senior management the tools to receive feedback and give feedback elegantly in a non-threatening way. Okay, just focusing on generating better performance, not on the personal you know, behavior and, and kind of uh, personality of the person concerned. So once you've given top management those t- techniques, then you need to cascade them down to middle management and go down the line. As you go lower, the stress should be more also on giving the feedback and, rece- and at a top level on how to receive the feedback. Okay, so then you can create a whole common language for the whole organization. Now, I always tell people at the same time, don't wait for senior management to start or anybody else to start. Be the change you want to see. You just start and what you want to create in, in your own sort of, you know, milieu where you are operating. And once you have the tools like feedback models, you know, and then create a culture line, the organization, like say we put a positive wall, let's give feedback about someone and what they did or have a feedback Friday, you know, so... That's nice, feedback Friday. Yeah, like yeah. a feedback Friday. So, okay, today we're going to just focus on giving one positive you know, a f- feedback to someone who's done something great for us or we're going to get together in a group and see, give feedback on how we can improve a process or, you know, improve some eng- employee engagement or whatever the issue of the week is, yeah, all right? Yeah, yeah. And finally... You need to seek trespass. You just can't haul someone else and then someone in and just rip into them and say, look, use a keyword. You know, like, okay, guys, 
today I need to give you all some feedback. So that word becomes anchored in people's mind that it's a good thing meant for improvement rather than just, you know, ripping into people and tearing them apart. Yeah, because sometimes there's a, a, a bad connotation when someone says, oh, I need to give feedback. And you're yeah. like, oh, this is going to be negative and all yeah. over again. Right? And so, the tone in which you give and yeah. the physiology in which you give has to be from one of positivity as in wanting to see growth and development as opposed to just picking on something and just dwelling on mm-hmm. it. And one of the things we need to stop asking people is why. I don't allow the why question. <laughs> why did you do that? Now, why did that happen? It's not positive. It's, it, it brings about defensiveness. Ask how. Mm. How did that happen and how can we stop it from happening next time? How can we improve the process so we get the results we want? Then you're focusing on the process. You know, you're focusing on the context instead of the content as as what um, you know your topic of discussion today is yeah, about that it right is, yeah, yeah it is so about it small totally talk, ties yeah. it yeah. All right. uh, right. Sheila thank you so much you know we've gone through six case studies uh, you know it's it's covering almost everything in life whether it's you know colleagues or family or friends or if you're a management uh, and this is you know is this scrapping the surface uh, because at the end of the day it comes down to you know if you want to take charge of your mind it is you got to first take it is your mind so it is you Absolutely. Your mind. Nobody (laughs) can change it for you but you. Exactly. Now, if you miss any parts of the show, you can download the podcast. It will be available very soon on the BFM app or the BFM website. I've been speaking to Sheila Singham uh, from Human Equation, talking about taking charge of your mind. This has been BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.